Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hey, if you're here today and you're a visitor, it's good to have you. Good to have you. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, your promise, and all that you do. God, as we break the bread of life today, help us, Lord, to break it with accuracy. Help us, Lord, to hear it, not just hear it, Lord, but help us believe it, not just believe it, Lord, but let us apply it to our life that we can be better for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, we pray. All God's people said, amen. You can sit down and rest your weary old bones. Tell Siri what your mom's name is. God is so good, ain't he? Run the race. Run the race. Run the race. He said run the race with patience. Um, if you got a new King James, it says endurance. If you read out the NIV, it says perseverance. King James says patience. Meaning the same thing, endurance, perseverance, this implies that the race is not going to be easy all the time. Um, I remember one time um, superintendent came to the miner and he said, hey, we're working six days a week. I said, we are. He said, yep. He said, mandatory, six days a week. I said, six twelves. He said, five twelves and an eight. I said, all right. He said, you're too agreeable. I said, well, I can run more coal in five days than I can six. He said, how do you figure? I said, I run the machine. I'll be sure of it. And he said, well, what do you want to do? I said, man, you're either built for speed or distance. I said, you're either, nobody that runs the 100-yard dash runs a marathon. They're just not built for it. And those little fellows that run marathons, they're just not built to run a 100-yard or for some of you new people, a 100-meter dash or whatever it is in meters. The, the point is, you're either going to be built for speed or distance. So what's the deal with the Christian life? Is it a 100-yard dash or is it a marathon? The Bible tells us that our life is but a vapor. You're not going to be here very long. Amen? But he said, run this race with endurance. Some people's race ends a lot quicker than others. So to some, it'll be quick. To some, it'll be a long process. The point is, it takes endurance to run this race. It takes an attitude of, I've got to keep going. I can't give up. I can't back down. That's the attitude that you have to have as a believer. Can you say amen? i got to stick with God no matter what happens. I've got to stick with him. He said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, 
There is an abiding that takes place. Sometimes the truth is, it is the rough side of the mountain. Sometimes it is tough. Sometimes it is a battle. Sometimes there is struggle. Sometimes you do cry. Amen. Sometimes you do wonder. Sometimes you struggle and you look around and you ask this question, God, where are you when I'm hurting? God, where are you at when things are, are, are going astray and things ain't going right? Because sometimes you look for him, and can anybody attest to this? You can't find him. It doesn't seem like you can find him. You look and you want to witness that God is still with you. But, man, you got to have made up in your mind that you're going to run the race no matter how you feel. You've got to run this race no matter if it's raining, if it's snowing, if the sun's out, if it's hot, if it's cold. you got to make up your mind, I'm going to run this race. There's something to be said for staying at a thing. Research hints that perseverance actually trumps intelligence and talent. So you may be the smartest person in the room, but I heard one man say this, don't ever let anybody in the room outwork you. There's something to be said about endurance and perseverance. To you older people, I want to tell you, I, when I was younger and they preached on the next generation, I got aggravated. But now I look at the next generation, I feel like I got a right to preach on them. And to the younger people, you may get upset, but y'all can't endure nothing. Somebody said, I want to sum up your generation. With one word, and I said, weak, <laughs> weak. He was talking to a young man. He said, I want to sum up your generation. Weak, weak, weak. Everybody needs a safe space now. Everybody needs a place where they can heal their feelings. When, Come on, older people. Y'all got to at least back me up. We didn't get in timeout. We got knocked out. There's a difference. There's a, there's a difference. We learn to endure some things. They can't endure anything. McDonald's, I don't know if y'all seen this or not, McDonald's, uh, McDonald's had a sign up. They have a no quit policy. I don't know if they know this or not. This is America. <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't communism yet. <laughs> Leave it alone, preacher. Okay. But anyway, it's coming. Anyway, they said the no quit policy. They're not allowed to quit until they talk to a manager. Why would you have to ever institute a no-quit policy? I'm going to tell you why. Because we got a generation that quits at everything. we got a generation that if it gets a little bit of resistance, they give up. It's why businesses are failing. It's why marriages are failing. It's why churches are failing. Because every time resistance is met, they don't give up. But the writer of Hebrews said, I want you to run this race with perseverance. I, I want you to run this race with endurance. I, I don't want you to sit down when it gets hard. 27 years I've been married. Tracy, have you had to endure some things? She said that with too much spunk. I didn't like that. Have you ever thought about quitting? <laughs> Did you? <laughs> For a day, thank God she came back. Man, it is so easy to just stop and walk away. It's like that in your Christian walk. Man, sometimes the battle gets hot. 
Sometimes you pray and pray and pray, and it doesn't feel like your prayer is being answered. Sometimes you pray and you just wonder if God even heard your prayer. And at the end of the day, you add it all up and you, you say like the writer of Psalms, you say, have I washed my hands in vain? I look at the wicked and they seem to prosper and I'm over here trying to do what's right. I ain't going to mess with you. There's times that I pull out of my neighborhood when I hit the four lane on a Sunday and I see somebody pulling their nice bass boat down the interstate or down the four lane and they're headed out to fish on Sunday and I got to come in here and holler at you and sweat. There's times when I feel like I wish I was that guy on this Sunday. But then the psalmist said, but then I consider their end. But then I consider their end. It's not how you start this race. It's how you finish this race. There's some endurance that takes place in the Christian walk. When I was younger, if you started something, you had to, you had to finish it. I played football with fellows that didn't want to be there. Well, why don't you just quit? My dad won't let me. He'll beat me to death. Because he said, if I started, I had to finish. I don't even know how they have teams today. Because, uh, leave them alone, preacher. No, no. We, we got to quit sugarcoating everything. And let you know something. Listen, young believers, you're going to cry sometimes. There's going to be times when it ain't working out for you. There's going to be times when it all ain't going to be peaches and rainbows and Buttercups and sugar plums and, and Butterfinger and Zagnut and I'm hungry. There's, there's going to be a day when it's all not good. you got to know how to endure some things. If you don't believe me, look at Job. Job went through some things. And he could make this claim, I never lost my integrity. We live in a generation that gets mad at God over everything. Nobody ever gets mad at the devil. Nobody ever raises Cain about the devil. No, they just, they just fuss. Well, God shouldn't allow this. And God, There's a devil, people. And there's a battle going on. And he's battling for, he said, those that endure to the end shall be saved. It's not a stipulation that if you hold on till the end, you're going to make it. What he's saying is those that endure to the end, those are the ones that are saved. They shall be saved. It's not whether you can run fast enough. It's whether you got something in you that will push you across the line or not. Oh. Oh, keep preaching. He said, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin weight and the sin does that mean weight is different than sin can you have things in your life weighing you down that aren't sin are there things going on that you're allowing to weigh you down to the point that if you're not careful you get so weighed down that it's hard to move again there's a prize to be won he said, don't run this race. He said, only one receives the prize. Run that you may be able to obtain. you got to run like you plan on winning this thing. 
Say it like this. You need to serve notice to the devil right now. I'm in this thing to win. I'm not here just for the benefits. I'm here because there's something inside of me that's driving me to press forward. Uh, How do you do that? How do you do it? I told you this morning in Sunday school, I started out with some young men who were preaching at a young age. I was 17 years old when I started preaching, and I would go hear people my age preaching. Those fellas have fell by the wayside. They've given up and they walked away. Here I stand 29 years later, still preaching the gospel that I started preaching when I was 17. Am I giving me credit? No. I'm telling you there was something put in me that can endure some things. And let me tell you what's really hard to endure, personal failure, personal mistakes. When you mess up and you, you, everybody looks at you, there, there's something to be said. When God will take somebody like David who made a mistake or Abraham who made a mistake and still move him through, I'm here to tell you there's got to be something down inside you that pushes you. Y'all have heard this story, but I'm going to share it with you again. The man woke up one morning. He said, I'm not going to church this morning. His wife said, honey, get up. You got to go. He said, I'm not going. She said, why do you not want to go to church? He said, those people don't like me. He said, nobody down there at that church likes me. She said, honey, get up. Get your clothes on. You got to get ready for church. He said, give me one reason why I should go. She said, you're the pastor. That's why you should go. You're the pastor. Let's, let's, let's be honest. When he was on the mission field, was every day one of those days that you said, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I signed up for this. Not at all. Every day in your Christian walk, is it always good or is there some time that you look around and you wonder? Is there times on your job when you see it looks like the wicked man's doing good and you're over here trying to live by the book and do it right and you wonder why everything's falling apart on your side. Has that ever happened? Hang in there. Hang in there. Why do I got to hang in there? Because there's something coming. Asaph said, when I considered their end, when did he consider their end? He said, when I went into the sanctuary. He's looking around and he's wondering, have I done all this in vain? Am I saved in vain? There's no blessings coming my way. The wicked are out there cursing God, and it seems like they're getting blessing after blessing. But here I am. I'm struggling. He said, but then I went into the sanctuary. And when I got into the sanctuary, you got to understand what's in the sanctuary. The presence of God is in the sanctuary. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'd rather be in the presence of God any day than on a bass boat without the presence of God. I'd rather be in the presence of God on a Sunday morning than looking like everything's going well. Oh, I'm telling you, until I went into the sanctuary. Lay aside the weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with endurance. 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 You know you build endurance? You build endurance. You know what I'm saying? If you don't believe me, if you haven't been on a treadmill in a while, hop on one, put that thing on incline about eight, 
speed about 3.5, and let's see what happens to you. Some of y'all are like, that ain't nothing. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the majority. I got this prickly feeling all over me. That's called sweat. You hadn't experienced it in a while. Don't worry. <laughs> the more you do it, the less that feeling comes along. Can I get an amen? But let me ask you, if I come back and you do that every day for an hour, and if I come back a month later, do you think that you're going to have built up some endurance? Yes. The problem is in the Christian walk is when you give up too soon and you walk out too soon and you stop too short, you miss the endurance. Because there's a lot of things that God's willing to do with you if you'll just hang in there. Again, illustration, Peter. Peter was a train wreck. Can anybody in here relate to Peter? Of course. God worked with him because he hung in there. And when he prayed for him, he said, I'm praying for you, Peter. That your faith don't fail you. I'm praying that your faith fails not. Don't let your faith fail. When it's dark, hang on. When it don't look good, hang on. Run with endurance. Understand that eventually this thing's going to wrap up and you're going to look back and say, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I finished the course. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. I'm glad I kept moving. Anybody can quit. Anybody can give up. Anybody can find a reason. There's a plethora of reasons why you should stop. What else could you be doing today instead of sitting here listening to me holler at you? Where could you be? Well, I could be out with my family. I could be out with my family. You're just going to fight with most of them anyway. You might as well come here because we love you. Amen. How can I do that? How can I keep moving? Verse 2 tells us how. Verse 2 tells us how to keep moving when we're tired and we're weak. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Skip down to verse 3. Watch what he says right here. For consider him. Consider him. Have you ever considered what Jesus went through? Back up a verse again. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of it, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Check this out. How, how can I endure? I'm going to tell you how you endure. Look to Jesus. Look at what Jesus went through. Look at what Jesus did. How did Jesus get through what he went through? He seen the joy that was set before him. He did not look at his current situation. He had faith knowing that a better day was coming. Let me say it like this. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. If the devil was going to kill me, he should have killed me in the night. If the devil was going to discourage me, he should have discouraged me in the night. Because when the morning comes, when the morning comes, enemy can't stop me 
Hang in there. Hang in there. Man, mourning can be a blessing. I'm not going to act like all of these other tough guys. I don't like bow hunting. I do it, done it, have done it, would do it again. But I'm going to be honest with you. When I'm walking through the woods at night to get in a tree, and all I have is a bow and arrow, and not one bullet on me, everything that moves bothers me. So y'all guys act tough if you want to. Maybe it don't bother you. But I've been sitting up in the tree before her. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, you control the animals. You know the bears by name, Lord. Don't you even let, I've seen videos of them things climbing trees beside the guy in the tree stand, and they get down. I just got this feeling they wouldn't get down if they were in my tree. I'm just sitting there, man, and, and, and all of a sudden I start seeing a little bit of light. I'm like, oh, glory, this is better. This is just so much better. Am I alone? You man enough to admit it? I don't like that feeling. So I bought a 454 Raging Bull. <laughs> That's a bear pistol. <laughs> but what am I going to do in the dark? Man, when the daylight comes, and it takes a minute. Y'all be honest with me. It takes a minute to start adjusting, and things don't look quite right. But the more day, that, the more things start making sense, and you can start making it. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying in the night, you got to hold on because the day's going to reveal some things that you need to see. You can't give up in the night. You can't lay down in the night. You can't walk away in the night because something's coming your way, and it's coming in the morning. Hold on till the morning. Run the race within two looking at Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him what was the joy the joy was you the joy was you the joy was knowing that he could pay the sin debt so he could have a relationship with you how did he endure it? He endured it because of you. How did he march on? He marched on because of you. Jimmy, they did him wrong. They did him so wrong. They had a trial at night, illegal. Kept him up all night. Had a trial. Brought in people that they paid to give false report. Oh, they did him so wrong. They tied him to a whipping post and they beat him. With no mercy. And the whole time he's there taking and beating. Do you know who he's thinking about? He's thinking about you. I want a relationship with him so bad. He prayed in the garden and he said, let this cup Pass from me. I don't really want to do it. Do you think Jesus is going to have things that he doesn't really want to do and your life is going to be all peaches and zagnuts? Do you think that's how it's going to be? That's not how it's going to be. You're going to have to endure some things. Right, am I talking to anybody? But you've got to see through it. You've got to see through the trial. 
and see that something's coming. Consider him. Consider what he did. And he didn't back down. And he didn't quit. And he didn't give up. He kept marching. He kept marching. Consider him. Watch what happens after he's finished. Set down. Set before him. Endured the cross. Despised the shame. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. When the Bible talks about right hand, it's not talking about location. It's talking about power. If you endure it, power's coming. If you endure it, victory is coming. If you endure it, joy is coming. If you hold on through the trial, there's something on the other side that God wants to give you. Hold on. Revelation 2 and 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear with the Spirit, saith unto the churches, to him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Listen to what I'm telling you. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying to the overcomer, there are some things that are reserved for the overcomer. Let me say that again because I want you to get this before you leave today. There are some things that are reserved for the overcomer. I know some people are satisfied with getting into heaven by the skin of their teeth, but I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to somebody that says, I'm not just going to heaven, but I'm going to kick down the gates of hell and take somebody with me. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. Revelation 2 and 11, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. I'll sum it up real quick. There's an army that has been pierced through so many times with the sword. That now when they fall on the sword, it doesn't hurt them anymore. You take the word of God and you let it cut. You let it remove. And I'm going to tell you, cut hurts. I don't care what kind of cut it is. Look at that. Do you see that? I got something in there and I can't find it. I think it's a little tiny piece of metal. And you know what's crazy about it? Is every now and then, it'll touch just right. And I can't even see the thing. Some of these people with their minds are like, man, I don't want COVID. I said, I don't want to sneeze. I don't want an allergy. I don't want a paper cut. Do you? No. But this word has a way of cutting and dividing asunder soul and spirit. And when God operates, I, I, I'll take it, I think it's in Habakkuk. It, there's an army that when they fall on the sword, it doesn't even hurt them anymore. Why? They have endured some things. And there are a group of people that are trying to get around the Bible. They're just trying to make it in by the skin, of, and it becomes a stumbling block. But that's not us. 
I'm not looking to get around it. I'm looking to allow it to move through me and take me somewhere. I'm not waiting just to get to heaven. i got a calling while I'm here. I'm not waiting on the rapture to take place so we can get out of here. I want to do something while I'm here. I want to preach some word while I'm here. I want to encourage somebody while I'm here. I want to let somebody know you can make it here. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Where are we at? Revelation 2 and 17, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Not everybody can hear this. What the Spirit saith to the churches, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. And will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving him that receiveth. Revelation 2.26, he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Revelation 3 and 12, him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from God, and I will write upon him uh, my new name. Revelation 3.21, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Two disciples. Wanted to know who was the greatest. Uh, excuse me, Jesus. Will you allow my sons to sit with you on your throne when you come into your kingdom? Jesus said, that's not mine to give. Well, whose is it then? If it's not his to give, that means it's yours to take. What are you saying? To him that overcometh, he said, will I grant to sit with me on my throne. To him that overcometh, to him that endures, to him that keeps fighting, to him that don't give up. How are you not going to give up? The only way, I'm, I'm almost done, come on Aaron. The only way to be an overcomer is to allow the spirit that Jesus had to abide in you. Let me make this very clear. This is not a motivational speech. This is not pull up by your bootstraps and do it yourself. No, this is allowing God to work in you and understand that when it's dark, the Spirit's with you. When you can't see, the Spirit is with you. When there's no way out, the Spirit's with you. You don't, oh, you don't just, He don't just make a way. He is the way. You got to understand who's with you. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The same Spirit that pushed Him up Calvary. The same Spirit that cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The same spirit that dwelt in Christ dwells in you. You know how I'm going to make it? I'm going to make it because I got his spirit in me. I'm going to make it not by power, not by might, but by his spirit. You better be sure what you got is real. Say it again. You better be sure you what you got is real because it's going to be tested. I can't make it on my own. But Chrissy, I got a new spirit. Come on, I want to talk to somebody right now. Man, the spirit has been bidding you to step up. And you know what? You offer resistance. The only difference between me and the lost 
is they suppress the truth and I confess the truth. Every sinner that says they don't believe in God is lying. Let me say that again. Every atheist is a liar. Why? Because God said, I showed it to them. I showed it to them. I revealed it to them. Being understood even by the things that are made. Even my eternal power in Godhead. So they're without excuse. Because down deep inside of them, there's a creator that made them. And there's something that testifies. There's something bigger. But oh, you got a new nature now. Who's been serving God for more than 30 years? Raise your hand. 30 years is a long time. Look around. 40 we got two fellas in here 40 years. One of them died once, one of them died twice, and they're still going. You can't keep them down. <laughs> quit having a race. We're not racing to see who can die the most. Y'all quit. Man, there's something inside of you that pushes you when you walk with God for 40 years can't give up. I can't stop here. If you need God to move in your life, you need to step out. Come on, give me some ministry up here. We want to pray for you. We do this every service. Every service. Why? Because why minister if we don't give God's word time to work? He said, my word will not return to me void, but will accomplish. If you're fighting a battle, we want to pray for you. If you're in the middle of a struggle, we want to pray for you. If you've questioned, am I really doing the right thing, we want to pray for you. Why? Because we want that spirit to rise up. That spirit that says there's some joy coming and it might be tough. Right? You might not need this message today, but you're going to need it. But if you need it today, we want to pray with you. I prayed for so long, preacher. I prayed for so long. Nothing's happened. We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. I've waited and waited and waited for things to change and nothing's changed. We want to pray with you because joy's coming in the morning. Joy's coming in the morning. Joy's coming in the morning. Don't stop now. Don't stop here. Don't sit down here.